Hello friends, good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening. Depending on wherever you're hearing us from around the world, I greet you, I greet you, I greet you. God bless you. This is the voice of Festus Flourish Osemwa. We are welcome to today's edition of Marriage Diet. Today is the 22nd day of the month of June, 2021. You are welcome on board. God bless you. Okay, um, yesterday we had a special podcast edition for the Father's Day. I'm sure you listened to it. If you didn't, please, I want you to go listen to that podcast, okay? It addressed some very sensitive issue as regards fatherhood. And it's very, very important that we understand the role of fathers and um, what we're supposed to do as fathers. But today, we're just going to continue from where we stopped last Friday. Let me just do a little bit of recap in case you're joining us for the first time. For some time now, we've been talking about um, a topic, a particular topic um, that has been very, very dear to my heart, and that is correcting the errors of husbandhood with the right feminism. And it's been generating a lot of talking point. Okay, um, I think some persons are like, "Oh, this is a balanced teaching. This is it." A lot of persons have been wanting to hear this, and now it's coming out. Different kind of reactions coming in, and I'm so particularly delighted that um, people are turning up for this and they are following this. And this is actually what we need to do to be able to salvage, um, you know, our next generation. Let me put it that way: the next generation of young girls especially who don't even want to marry because they feel um it, it, it's not worth it it's not worth it it's a man's word and an average woman in marriage is regarded as a slave and to make matters worse because of what some of our young men have picked up from childhood that makes them to behave the way they do behave in marriage it often just will turn the whole thing really you know in a very messy way where these young girls those who are not yet married they see what others are going through that are married those that are married they get in and they come out of it through divorce and everybody just like if this is what people go through i wouldn't even get involved in it in the first instance let me be i rather prefer to be a single and in being a single some of them will pick up this feminism okay and they do it in the wrong way in the wrong way and I, like i said during the introductory talk to this particular topic i said feminism is not about fighting the man fighting your husband for supremacy no it's about just fully activating your full potential as a woman such that the man sees the indispensability in you and then of course you be, you, you, you begin to complement the role of the man okay being you know, uh, uh, when you say I'm a feminist, you are a feminist. You are not to fight the man. It's not. It's not about. It's not about seeking justice. That's not what being a feminist is. It's about displaying your potential as a woman, so, to such an extent that the man will like, oh wow, is this this is why God created the woman. You know that kind of a thing. Not you are fighting the man. But like we said, if we don't do the right thing, these ladies will keep fighting. And they will be fighting over a just cause and nobody will blame them and that is why i'm using this particular forum to educate our young men on what they need to do differently if they are not going to really have this feminism in their hands a feminism seeking for justice in their hands otherwise it's not to fight 
is to corroborate, is to complement, and is to complete the effort of the man. And if you recall, all through last week, we had to look at the you know the things that the husband is supposed to be doing or the things that are supposed to be the right thing in quotes all right uh, we talked about leadership we talked about uh, uh, um, um, unconditional love we talked about sacrifice we talked about some of those things that the man should do to really i mean if a, a, a woman would even want to fight i mean there wouldn't even be any, no need for fighting but once you see that the man is really you know doing what he's supposed to do you you the woman will just get on board and live a very happy life with that man you know but today we're going to be talking about the errors you know of husbandhood or of husband okay as it were and because i haven't talked about the things that the husband is supposed to do we use that as a guide now let's look at the errors we're going to take some time to look at the errors that the lot of husbands usually make that if there's anything that has been calling for this uh, feminism kind of uh, fighting and uh, seeking for justice you know what i mean you know and sometimes it's down to the errors of men down to the errors of husbands down to the kind of errors that we're making on a daily basis and today we're going to be looking at error number one and that is overly dominant overly dominant okay this is one major error of our men how be it our husbands that do often promote the negative feminism when the man how be it the husband in marriage becomes overly dominant where he sees the marriage as he is the lord of law i mean some of you you listen to a video um somebody posted shared that uh, video to one of our whatsapp group i think that was a week ago it should be on saturday or there but I, I i because usually i will have to confirm the content of the video otherwise if i see such video content as we i will not even bother spending time on it so i opened the video and i was trying to go through what the man was trying to talk about was preaching trying to tell our wives how they should treat their husbands as king that your husband is a king your husband is a king over and over again and he got to a point where he started explaining that if you have um, seven pieces of meat or eight pieces of meat or there but if you have eight pieces of meat in the soup give your husband six uh, that is how to treat him as a king you will take one and your child will take one so just give your husband six you're not supposed to give your husband food in a small meal with a small measurement give him so much so that he will eat and he will have leftover you know some kind of principles he was trying to bring out that completely makes this man a ruler now this kingship he was talking about is the rulership kind of you know mentality or ideology you know where the ruler takes it all and every other, body, every other person is just a subject. And then when he was now rounding up, he said, okay, when you make your husband a king, that you become a queen. I, I just looked and said, this is a pastor, this is a man of God. And this is what so many of us, when we hear messages like this, say, yes, ah, you are saying it. Surely I mean, you are saying it. If you are one of those men who would join this kind of persons to applaud what they are saying, it shows that you do not even understand what the word of God says. It shows that you do not understand what husband, husbandry or being a husband is. 
and that is coming out from the mouth of a pastor doesn't mean he understands what marriage is even all about like someone said as i was discussing with the person said he she can imagine what this man's wife will be going through pastor's wife she can't talk she will keep quiet because if she talks they will say oh this wife when she wants to destroy the husband's ministry i should be dying in silence that is not what marriage is all about that is not what husbandhood is all about it's not rulership it is leadership i did that again it's not rulership it is leadership it is leadership he is to lead yes somebody will argue and the bible said that desire shall be of thy husband and he shall rule over you that rule in the hebrew context is to be the pathfinder he will make he will he will be your guide let me use that word he will be ahead of you he would direct and if you put all of this together it is pro-leadership and anti-rulership anti-rulership itself yes it can also be in the front but you are using the you, you are applying the use of force and you know god's word can never contradict itself because love is not the use of force to love someone is not with the use of force so if we look at what rulership is and what leadership is one of them fits the bill and that is leadership because leadership is without the use of force the rulership is with the use of force and that is not what the bible said when he said that the man the husband should love his wife as christ also loved the church and died for for her in other words the loving of christ unto the church is a leadership based kind of love leadership what do i mean leadership based kind of love i, I just want to read an instance to us from the bible and which of course if you look through the bible in so many other instances you're going to see this pattern you're going to see this pattern then you will understand that you know jesus christ is our model is our mentor when it comes to marriage all right and that is what i believe in i, I don't oh some persons are arguing here and there are those controversy i don't follow that line of thought if is what christ did fine if it's not then forget about it and so christ has always been my guide and my compass on this matter let, let, let me read the place towards here from matthew chapter number 16 from verse 20 uh, 13 okay let me just read a couple of verses here when jesus came to the region of Caesarea, philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is you see he, he, he didn't force himself remember the disciples as it were in this context was a kind of a unit of the church the unit of the church that is his bride all right so but at that time we were just leading 12 of them symbolic of the church and so these disciples were actually his bride spiritually because they represented the church now he could have walked up to them just gathered them and say okay come do you know who i am uh peter do you know who i am Peter would say no john do you know who i am do you know i'm, your, I'm the christ i'm the christ that the prophets and the law had talked about and i have come in like we just preach all of that message that's rulership and that is trying to impose himself on them but you see he never imposed himself on anyone he never imposed himself on the church they fell in love with him they respected him they honored him based on what he was doing and this what we just read now is a clear case of how jesus did not impose himself on the church and of course much more about his true identity look at verse 14 they replied some said john the baptist 
Others say Elijah, and see others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? For goodness sake, he could have just said, oh, okay. Is that what people think I am? All right, you know what? I am Christ. I'm sure everybody would have had this conviction now after working with me for some days. You've seen me raise up Lazarus from the dead. Who could have done that if not Christ? You have seen me open up the eyes of the blind, blah, blah, blah. You have seen me done this. You know what? I am the Christ. But you see, he didn't do that. Okay, let's read further. And of course, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, let me just read it there. If you continue on that passage, then you will understand that eventually when Peter, you know, answered him and he gave the blessing to Peter, which of course he could have done directly without even waiting for any man to, to tell anybody or to announce his true identity. But he didn't impose himself on the church. A ruler would have done so. A ruler would have said, come, everybody. No. But this was a leadership structure. Jesus had done so many miracles. He had been with them. They've seen him. They know that this is the Messiah. In fact, some of them that we are with, John the Baptist, when he announced um, about him, you remember that episode? Um, Behold the Son of Man who taketh the sins of the world. You know, some of them withdrew from John the Baptist and followed him. They heard that confession. They heard that weakness. And of course, having stayed close to him for quite some time, they knew that this man was actually Christ. It was different. Okay? And that's enough for him to have just imposed himself on them. But he never did. He never did. He still sought for their opinion because he wasn't dominant. He wasn't, oh, you all come and lie down here and serve me. And of course, a very major example that we also want to also express here quickly is about the, the, the event that happened before his death, shortly before his death, when he had requested for the, you know, the water to be brought for him and the tower, and he washed the feet of his disciples. Remember that last story? Peter said, oh, master, why doing this? I mean, ah, you know, because he was feeling like, look, I've stayed with this man. I just announced that he's the Christ. I shouldn't be doing this. You remember what John the Baptist said? He said, the sandal in his leg, I'm not even worthy to untie it. No, this is demeaning. We shouldn't allow Jesus to do this. He said, no, if you do not allow me to do this for you, it means you will not have any part in me. But what did he do? He still went ahead. He washed the feet of his disciples, of course, the church. He towered it. He was showing example. It was leadership by example. And that was how eventually was able to get into their heart that even after his death, they were willing to die for him. I hope you remember the story of how most of the apostles died. They died for the cause of the gospel. You know, Peter said, look, I'm not even worthy to die hanging up like the way he died. Turn me upside down. That was a church that eventually fell in love with the Christ because he deserved it. He merited it. He was due the honor and they willingly gave their lives to him. You see, this is the mistake a lot of persons make, a lot of husbands make. You feel your husband by raising up your shoulder, your broad shoulder, you know, you can row like a rolling lion come on sit down there the same woman when you were cutting her you used to talk in a very low tone if you have misunderstanding they say oh you even still talk 
And if anything goes wrong, you will even be one of the you be the first person to possibly apologize. But now all of a sudden, so marriage has taken place. The marriage now changed the man to become a dominant force. I mean, before you you, you got into marriage, as you were preparing for for wedding, you used to you know some of you know what I'm talking about. You used to have praying day. Let's pray for our marriage as we were planning for your wedding. You, you you reconcile most things together. Okay, how many persons are we inviting? Where are we going to do the wedding? What are we going to do? You see, there was a way both of you integrated together, trying to you know put the heads together. It worked then, and then you got married to her. All of a sudden, that system changed. Because you feel, I am now a husband. That being a husband is not a title, it's a responsibility. Please somebody take note of this. Being a husband is not a title, it's a responsibility. And friends, it is a leadership responsibility. And so when you hear men say, don't you know I'm, a, I'm your husband? For whatever issue it is, the next thing is, don't you know I'm your husband? You've lost it. You've lost your respect by even saying that. You don't need to announce it. If you're doing what is right, you don't even need to announce it. And it's not by trying to lord over. Keep quiet. You don't have any say here. I'm the man here. You're the one that calls the shot. You decide everything. You decide what to you eat in the house. Even what to even eat. You are the one that will tell you why this is the food we are going to eat in the house. Just because that's the food that is favorite for you. And the wife is like, okay, can we? No, 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 no. It must be my kind of food. It must, you, you are talking about the choice of the uh, colors you're going to use to paint your house, your living room. Is the one you would say that is the final. As far as I'm concerned, this woman, she has chicken brain. You know that kind of a thing. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Some men hearing the sound of my voice, you know you do it often. Or for some women, you know your husband do that often as well. You know, it would just, uh, is this paint, this is what we're going to use. And then you're doing a business proposal. In fact, it is when he has submitted the quotation and they have, for whatever reason it is, maybe if it failed or it succeeded, that's when the wife would know. I said, but honey, you couldn't even tell me, I said, and then if I had told you, what would you have done? You know, you don't know these things now because you just feel this woman has chicken brain. You know, or um, if it's even about um, the choice of the school to take the children to, or what to do about the children, you just take a decision. No, it's not like that. It is leadership. You will learn much more, even from your wife and your children. You will make less mistake if you carry your wife along. That's the reason why there have been these unnecessary agitations. You think your wife is a slave? You, or did you marry one uh, Brukutu from one village? For goodness sake, this woman is, she's intelligent, she's brilliant, she went to school, she has a brain. You just marry her, you just go and push her to that dungeon. She has no say, no contribution, and you think she will not pick up negative feminism? That's where it's coming from. It's an error from our men. We're supposed to give them a level playing field, all right? A leader listens to his subject. Please take note of that. A leader listens to his subject. So even if you think your wife is your subject, you listen to her. You seek for her opinion. Oh, sweetheart, what do you think about this? There's this business proposal. I just came into the office. I, I don't know. Please, can we just put our heads together? That's better. Not after you have taken decision. That's why you now say, hey, my wife, these, these people that came today, and uh, it was a business uh, proposal. I, I took a decision. I signed up for it. I just felt you should know. No, now. That is wrong. Or, um, sweetheart, please just get the 
um, what do you call it, the guest room ready. My, my mom is coming in today. Maybe in about an hour's time, she should even be here. No, that is wrong. That is wrong. And then when you, you turn the pendulum the other way around or the table the other way around, and then she tells you, ah, my mom is coming next week or not even that same day. Next week. How dare you? You couldn't even take permission from me. And the next thing, don't you know I'm, I'm, I'm your husband? I'm the... You're the one looking for trouble. You know, you, you, you couldn't even tell your wife about the coming of your parents. But now you are angry that uh, your wife just gave you one week notice. You see, you are being overly dominant. And if you keep doing it like this, like this, it's like you locked up someone within a confine, within an enclosure. It's going to bust out. When you, when, when you lock up or you try to curtail water, for instance, in a flowing part, you, you block it, block it, hedge it around, it will find an expression for itself. That's why I see some of our wives, they are trying to find expression, they are trying to speak. Some of them who started beautifully well without even insulting their husband, when they see this kind of attitude, the next thing is they will start raising up their voices on them because their husband don't even reckon with them. Don't even, I mean, the, the, the man would rather take counsel from someone from outside than from the wife. It is wrong. So please, our husband is an error. And I believe this is one of the reasons why a lot of women are clamoring for justice and you see them trying to rise up against their husband. Don't be overly dominant. Yes, you are the leader. Yes, you, the, the, you take the decision, but don't take the decision alone. Try and find a common ground. Work together. It's a teamwork. Don't have this mentality of a ruler. Have the mentality of a leader. Copy from Christ. See the way Christ led us until he got to the cross of Calvary. Even when he left, he departed. His leadership footprints are still there for us to live. Before you correct your wife, make sure whatever you are correcting her about, you are not at fault in it. Lead by example. You know, don't use your mouth to correct her. Use your actions to correct her. How do I mean? By ensuring that whatever you don't want her to do, you ensure that you be the first person to avoid doing it. Not uh, do what I say and don't do what I do. Otherwise, we'll just be having a rebellion within the home. And the next thing you say, oh, this woman, she's unnecessarily demanding. She shouts too much. I mean, we, women, you know, and that's a major issue. It's difficult to curtail them and hold them for a very long time. Except you have the one that is very peaceful. Otherwise, an average woman, before anything, she'll start rising up and becoming rebellious. And they will say they are bad. Please, let's do the right thing, okay? Let's make sure we balance it and play by the rule as in a teamwork. God bless you. I hope you learned from this. Please share this podcast with your friends. You can connect with us via our WhatsApp number, plus 234-8107-1261-48. Let's continue from here tomorrow, God willing. Don't forget, this is both for singles and couples. I really want singles to learn from this as well. Until we come your way again tomorrow, don't forget, if marriage is an institution, then couples and singles must be students. Marriage care truly cares. God bless you. Do have a great day. Bye.